My Get Up and Go on SAFM. Influential people doing well in their respective fields. Bokang Kalepa is our guest this morning, and Bokang is the managing director of Balitema Mining Services. A very good morning to you, Bokang. Hi, hi, Kanye. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for joining us. Bokang, let's start with your get up and go. What's that morning routine that gets you up and going in the mornings? Uh, first of all, Kanye, I would like to say, you know what, thanks a lot for hosting me this morning. Um, you know, you remember when you're still young and you're still a triple mm-hmm. and you're looking forward to an excursion mm-hmm. and you keep on dreaming as if the bus is going to leave you. <laughs> I had that night. I had that night. I won't lie to you. I struggled to sleep and I was actually looking forward to being in an interview with you this morning. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You just took me all the way back to primary school when we used to go to the zoo, you know, for our annual excursion and your parents, you know, they overload you with, um, you know, (laughs) Mpago. You know, those yeah, the, the good those were the good yeah. days. And, so yeah. Literally, this is my first um, interview on, on the radio. Um, so basically, the key, obviously, it's going to be a first of many, but it's my first one, and yeah, I'm super excited to be to be hosted by you. You know, you're, the, you're my first. Oh, thank you so much. And I am glad to have been the first of many to come. You know, before you know it, you're going to be a pro at this. Now, Bukang, in the mornings, what gets you up and going? So my morning started for AM. Um I'm a minor, um as you saw my profile. Mm-hmm. So our mornings usually start start quite early. I mean from when I was eighteen. Um so I start by catching up on my reading. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big John C. Maxwell, Robin Sharma, Grand Cardon, mm-hmm. Simon Sinek and Man- Matt Monson Reader. So those are my, my best authors and the ones that I really follow. Then it's gonna be for two hours. Then from the six AM then I go to the gym. Um, either go to the gym or go for for the actual run, and then 7 a.m. is going to be my my work work has started. So work is obviously something that we're still going to discuss now, but it's basically mining mining consulting, and mm-hmm. I do coaching, speaking, and facilitating as well. No. Then my evenings will be on me working on the work deliverables, mm-hmm. family time, and then I also value solitude. So yeah, that's how my day basically looks. Wow, you you are a busy man, and I love the fact that you're productive from morning to to evening. Let's take a few steps back and and go back into your childhood. Tell us more about where you're from and just the childhood that you had. So Bokang was born in Mokwase, the place in Rustenburg. Um, it's one of the, just a small town in Rustenburg. Mm. Um, yeah, I grew up there, and then from there. I did my grade one all the way to my matric. Then, at some point, I actually stayed in Lesotho because my mom originates from Lesotho. So just after I was born, I stayed in Lesotho until I was six, and then from there, came back to South Africa to start my grade one, and then up to until I finished my high school, grade twelve. Mm. Then from there, I went to UJ. <clears throat> that's where I did my my undergrad. Uh, that was in two thousand and five. So that's where I did my my undergrad in mining. Then it was followed by my post-grad that was in the University of Pretoria. Mm. So that's what I was doing my BSc honors. Um, then from there, I did my other qualifications in mining, which was your mine oversight certificate, yeah. your mine managers, uh, my master's at VIT, and then from there, I did my MBA with Gibbs. Yeah, that's, that's what I've been doing up to this one. And what attracted you to the world of mining? So Rustenburg is a mining town. Yeah. You know, I grew up in a mining town, and 
my dad was actually working in the mine. He was a boiler maker at uh, Impala, Impala Platinum. So, yeah, that's what actually, you know, he they really made it look quite attractive. Uh, you would have them visiting our school. They used to sponsor us. And then from there, I was one of those, uh, let me call, let me say it a net, a bit of a net. Right. So I would also be taken during school holidays by Anglo Platinum. Mm. Uh, yeah, to attend on some weekends and also during school holidays to help us, at, uh, what do you call, to help us better our results in maths and science. So, yeah, obviously now, you know, there was that mining environment surrounding right. me all the time. Now, mining has often been um, associated, you know, with big mining companies, mostly owned by white males, with black miners, you know, going underground, going to the shafts and, you know, digging for the gold and digging for the minerals. And you coming into the mining industry, of course, you've played uh, your role in many capacities. I've got your profile here. I mean, I don't think there's, uh, other than really literally mining, you know, and drilling the ground, I don't think there's something that you've never, ever done. Or maybe let me know not assume have you ever dug have you ever you know gone underground and actually drilled you know and actually mined <laughs> yes i did you did so to, to 2005 when we did our training literally i did you basically have to go through those things there's just no way you're gonna go what you call get your management role without going through those things so i was at the training college um in 2005 and you literally, they, they still use the conventional way of mining. That's how you acquire your plasma certificate. So you hold that uh, cold drill. Um, the platinum miners, they, they, call it a, they call it a rock drill. But you literally hold it to the handheld one. You drill, you charge, and you also blast. You turn that key and you blast, you know. And they would really, really try to make it as much conventional as possible. So you would even have to hold the shovel and mm-hmm. clean the floor with the shovel. So, no, I have. And that was the 18-year-old me. Wow. <laughs> so I started my career. Literally when I was 18 and people, when I just got 14 years experience, they look at me and think, you are so young. How come? You know, and it's like, no, I literally started my career when I was 18. So, yes, I experienced that at the age of 18. And and when you think back, you know, to your journey from where you started up until and now, tell us about what your perspective is just where the mining industry in South Africa is right now. It has evolved quite so much. It's not funny. Um, actually, if you if you don't mind, I will even jump to how did you even come about the what do you call the how did you come about the topic of the four IR uh, in mining mm. that seminar that you're planning to do. So it has changed so much. When I did my first day, it was in 2005. So I did my first semester. Then after that, then I went to the mines. That's when after I acquired my bursary in with Anglo American Co. So what what happened is. Um, we are still doing those conventional things, like I said, you drill and you blast and you do all those. And then you've got, at school, we had a curriculum. Uh, that was, you know, I think it was updated back then. Mm. So, 20, last year, yeah, I met up with the lecturers and I said to them, do you guys still teach the kids the very sentence that you used to teach us in 2005? And they say, yeah, more or less, nothing much has changed. And then we, start, we started discussing what they're actually teaching them. And I'm like, no, but a lot has actually changed. You know, yeah. it's no longer like that. Um, let me host you guys for a visit. So I hosted them for a visit. I took them to the, I was a project manager, operational readiness manager at that time, mm-hmm. and a money manager of the project. <clears throat> so I took them to, to our project offices. You know, I just took them around what we're doing, you know, and what has changed. 
we no longer have virgin coal that like we used to. It's not it's not a lot of it. We've got a, virgin, a lot of virgin coal. You know, in the past you've got a lot of virgin coal. So you can't still only be teaching the kids on how to do a strip mining as if you know we still have that pure coal. It's now a bit of a challenge where you have to be mining pillars. So the strategy has changed. Mm. So I took them through that, and I even showed them that we actually even man now mining dumps. Then afterwards, I took them to one of the mines, which is quite advanced. I mean, now the the mines are also embracing technology. So I took them to one of the mines that is quite advanced, where they use making an extensive use of Wi-Fi, where you can be seeing what is happening underground yeah. just by looking at your phone, you know. And yeah, basically that, and with whether productivity, attendance of the employees, um, what do you call? The, the safety aspects of it as well, the ventilation underground, the gases and all that. Then afterwards, I took them to an open cast mine um, for, for a visit as well, where they were using drones. And, you know, it was quite exciting how they, they make use of drones. They've got two villages, both sides, you know, so the mine is just stuck in between the two villages. Mm. And then the area is not fenced because it's not allowed to be fenced uh, because there are both rocks and it's, a, it's around the wetland area. So... Those frogs, they need to be given freedom to move in right. and what do you call They need a freedom to move between uh, the mine and wherever they want to go. So it was that. Then from there, they were mining also close to the power lines. In fact, they were mining underneath the power lines. Something that when we were taught is that we we're not allowed to mine close to them. There was a certain distance that you have to keep. It was about 50 meters. Now they were literally mining underneath it. The technology now allowed us to be mining underneath those power lines. I'm talking about the power lines that basically supplies. 85% of the power to Jobek. Wow. So if we had to blast those power lines, <laughs> load shading is nothing, trust in me. So, yeah, it it was that. And then from there, there was a, a transnet railway next to it. So there were a lot of areas that are quite sensitive there. And then those drones, they would be helping to say, okay, how do we ensure that people don't walk in? Because it was, like I said, it wasn't fenced while we were blasting. Mm. And then from there, how do we ensure that we, we blast this successfully next to the power lines and then if the power lines are next to the railway without causing any any harm you know so after that whole thing happened they realized that the trends had changed you know and then that's when they said okay we would like to we would like you to actually come and guest lecture at our school um we've noticed actually we've seen or we've witnessed that uh we are we are leaking you know uh there's a lot a lot of things that are happening so Going to, yeah, basically, okay, the, your question was what has changed. So the, the trends have changed. We're no longer doing the things the same way we used to. There has been a lot of uh, technology intervention, right. and there's still more coming, you know. So that, that's what has changed. So let years. me ask you this. Do you think that we will ever get to a point where uh, mining is automated and that we actually have machines doing it um, instead of having actual manpower uh, workforce? Yeah, quite scary. South Africa doesn't, uh, we're not we're not yet there in terms of embracing it. But yeah, look, it is already happening in other countries where the mines are already uh, automated. I'm guest lecturing now currently, UJUP uh, as well. And when you, when you present this to, to the students, you can see that we aren't ready for it. You know, not everybody is prepared. So yes, we are at that stage. If you go to Australia, you go to uh, Rio Tinto's Pilbara Mine, um, you literally have got what they call an operational center, mm-hmm. and you've got it. Let's say now the operational center will be in Centen, and then you've got the actual operation taking place in that remote area somewhere in Northern Cape, let's say in Kimbalo, in Katu, you know. So literally, yeah, there's, and 
you know, on the ground, you'll have only people who are maintaining the machinery, but then the actual operation, um, the actual operation of the machinery is taking place in center. So that is already taking place where you can just be having one person operating a whole fleet of trucks, you know, five to ten trucks, only one person, just through the, the, the click of the button. So, yes, it is, it is getting there. Automation, it's, it, it has already hit mining. It's not mm. something of the future. It's, it's already in existence now. And what inspires you to keep going on a daily basis? For for me, you know, it's it's just me knowing that I've got a lot to offer to the world. When I was an employee, when I was a full time employee, I used to feel like I'm boxed and you know, you've got this eight hours to ten hour day and then from there you clock out and then from there you go home and then you repeat the same thing over and over again. But then when I left the world it's like when I left my <clears throat> my, 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 my employment and decided to go and do what I refer to as my own thing, you know, it was me knowing that I can I can offer a lot to the world and Literally knowing that my 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 limits are in my, my imagination, you know, and I would like to leave a legacy. You know, I'm I'm doing seminars, I'm coaching as well, and I'm also busy with my my book writing. Mm. And to somebody that's listening to you right now, Bokang, uh, and you know they're hearing your journey and, and what you're doing right now, and they're feeling inspired by it, but they're looking at their own lives and they can see that you know they are nowhere near to discovering their purpose and where they they meant to be in life, and they're not even encouraged to start this day. How would you advise that person? Look. One has to just identify what is it that they enjoy doing without even keeping track of time. Literally, what is it that I enjoy writing? Um, sometimes when I write, I just, you know, I'm, I'm just stuck in my own world. You know, it's just me and that writing alone. So just find something that you really enjoy doing without even keeping track of time. And then check what, what, what you call, what value can that add to you and what can it also add to the world. Mm. And then from there, just go for it, you know, <clears throat> give it your all. Be relentless, you know, no matter what a person is going to say to you. And look, people are going to judge you. It's not going to be an easy journey. People are going to judge you. People are going to discourage you. But then once you once once you get that, you must just remember that nobody has, has got this life thing all figured out. Mm. Nobody has it all figured out, you know. And we must all know that one day we are all going to live this, this up someday, you know. So make sure that you would have seized all the moments and we don't have the forever to we don't have forever to live. You know, you must make sure that you get going today, you know. And whatever you do, you know, when I was an employee, <clears throat> I would know that, you know what, my level of engagement because now my my, my body is at work yeah. but my mind is out there elsewhere. Yes. You know, it would be it was causing me it was gonna be causing me a lot of troubles in the future to open that one can even get dismissed because you're not literally engaged when you're at work. Mm. But then if you're gonna be troubled no matter where you go. So even at work, you can be fired, you can be retrained, anything can happen. And then even outside, things may not go well, you know. But then it's better the problems that you choose than the ones that have been chosen for you. So make sure that, you know, you choose your own problems. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us and just sharing uh, your inspiration with us. Uh, Please do share with us your social media handles if you are on social media. Okay, so people can visit my website. It's www.spokainkelepa.com and then I've got a Twitter handle, Kelepa B, so that's my surname and my initial. Mm-hmm. My Facebook page is Spokainkelepa and then I'm on Instagram as K. and then they, they can contact me as well. Um, it's going to go to, to my PA. It's 067-264-1888. Mm. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Bokan Kilapa, the Managing Director of Balitima Mining Services, joining us in our Get Up and Go. It's 10 minutes before 5 o'clock. Let's get some spiritual inspiration.